Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. begin a message from some fantastic podcast inside of the Upford Network. I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upward Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, French, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. I'm going to let them, of course, introduce the fabulousness to you all. Take it away. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley Getz. I go by she, her pronouns, and my writer's name is Ashley Gold. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk about all things queer and loving, as you said. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good, good, good. Good introduction. I think people think I'm so weird because, you know, like when you, you go to all those shows and everyone like yeah. the, the host like introduced and says all the accolades. And I'm like, I think that's just so superficial. <laughs> so I like let my guests do it. Plus, I don't yeah. know everything about you. I really don't. That's the whole point of having an interview um, or chat is what I like to call it. Cool. So let's let's get into it. Where are you originally from? I am from the Bay Area in California, and I have moved to New York City about five years ago for school. <laughs> so I went to NYU for undergrad, and now I'm working here in the city and doing freelance stuff and all that good things. <laughs> cool. How was your NYU experience? If you I want to talk about that. Pretty good. I went to the Gallatin School of Individualized Study. So basically at Gallatin, you get to create your own major, which is a bunch of really interesting kids. Actually, most of them are queer, which is really cool. Uh, I studied the storytelling of social change. Well, I wouldn't say all of them, but I would say I most would say, people. I mean, who, it kind of makes goes hand in hand. You yeah. create your own, your own yeah. way. <laughs> It's very revolutionary energy, a lot of activist kids, which I like. That's um, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Is it diverse? Was it, was it diverse? I would say it could be more diverse. I would say at NYU, we got pretty good group of kids there from different backgrounds. But I would say most, 
most of the students were, I, I don't know if necessarily I would say this is the most diverse school in America. That being said, I think that like the, the actual minds of these people that I interacted with was really cool. Yeah, so of course, everyone of course. was making their own, ma making their own way, which I thought was a very brave thing to do by everybody there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by, yeah, people don't really quite understand what that uh, takes. You know, I always talk about this in any a lot of my episodes because a lot of times I talk to youth, but I talk to a vast range of ages and like, you know, I've talked to people that are like 39 and they didn't come out of the closet till like 38. You know, I've talked to people from like Africa who are like are out to their tribe, but if they're caught, they can be thrown in jail or murdered, you know, those things. And then I talk to people that are just like experiencing America specifically, right. like just having that experience like at school and, um, and the way queerness is developing in different countries and like how the language is, you know, what do you think about that? I always talk, I like to talk about that a little bit, like the language yeah. specifically, because we, the only way to grow as a society is to actually use better language and get better yeah. at it and, and work together. What, what is your take on all the language, especially in the queer community? Uh, only. Uh, I actually prepping for this, I was like thinking about how I define my queerness. And then I was like, you know, let me just do a quick little Google search of the word sure. queer. And I There's found a few that the meaning. First, There's a few meanings. Yeah, the, the first definition is strange, odd, right? Peculiar. I love that one. Yeah. And then the second one is a homosexual, a person. And then the third one was really the most interesting for me, and it's a verb, and it's to spoil, to ruin, or to harm, to mar. Yeah, and I, that's so I, queer. Like, <laughs> that's where that comes from. Yeah, but it's like, it's so interesting because it's almost as in, like, in being queer, if you're taking that second definition, it's like you're already disruptive. And so built into the word queer, I think within the English language, or rather like the the society we live in now. It's like, um, I, I personally believe that in being queer, you're already kind of breaking down the world itself. <laughs> you're you're ruining yeah. it in, in their normal person's terms. Right. But I think that's really special to kind of mar their perception, their imagination. Absolutely. And make your own, like make your own world. And I think a lot of that's what growing up as a queer person is, is you're kind of resisting that and making your own world within yourself while, you know, siphoning off the rest of it while yeah. it wants to create you and wants to shift you. Let's go. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, that's the power of the word queer, right? Like it's, I always talk about it. I think it's a great word. I use it on everything. I'm going to get a tattooed on my body at some point. Like, <laughs> as, um, you should, as you should, <laughs> you know, I'm a queer uh, individual and that's just who I am. I am a gay man. I say I'm a gay man, but I'm definitely super queer. Um, I just think it's great. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, uh, love getting into arguments about it. <laughs> I love having discussions <laughs> about it. I just think it's a running thing yeah. to like get so worked up about. Um, and I've had conversations with people in the com queer community. Like, you know, someone came at me really hard online and I was like, listen, like I I'll have this conversation with you, but not through social media. Cause that's like a whole yeah. thing. You know? And um, that is a whole thing for sure. So now what are you doing right now? Well, I'm a bit of an oddball. I'll say that. I definitely. You're queer. <laughs> I am queer. I'm queer. I'm proud. I'm a writer. I would say I'm definitely having my second puberty Great. Great. <laughs> as a queer person, just 
I was thinking about that today of just how much energy we repress, I think, collectively. And then when it kind of comes out, I'm I'm 22, so it, I'm just kind of emerging and being in my own safe space. You're barely now. a teenager. I and mean, that's what's yeah. so crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't think of it like that, but you are, you barely came out of that moment. Like that 18 to 19 year old, there is a huge difference. It's just, I don't care yeah. what anyone says. There's such a massive difference, a shift, what have you. They are like, oh, okay. If we're gonna put a number on it. Here's, right. Here we go. I, I think it is. I think I think it's all about the space that you can allow your like you can have, and I think that it is a privilege to have that space. And I recognize that it is a privilege to like be in my own apartment or have you know be able to work as a writer and work as <laughs> I do tarot freelance. You know, I I'm interested in the drag community. That's not something that everyone who identifies as queer, even if they're in the closet can have, but I feel really thankful that I've had that space because it has given me time to just be like, okay, if we take off all of those training wheels or all of those structures that I was supposed to fit into, who am I? And I think that is a profound shift to just allow whatever was there before to emerge on its own. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because it's all about- We, I we fight it often, we fight it. You know what I mean? Like we push back at it. I don't know why we do. We're just conditioned that way, I guess. Uh, but we really yeah. do fight it. And then, then all of a sudden we have this awakening, like you said, the uh, puberty or again, you're gonna, have, you're gonna have it over and over. I mean, like you should have it over and over. All of a sudden there should be another day or year where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like I need to like progress. And the only way to do that is to really do it with everyone, first of all, because of- yeah. If you certainly can't progress, the person in front of you definitely can't progress. It just doesn't work. Right. Um, all right, let's talk about why. So you're writing, you're a writer. What do you write? I am an aspiring novelist. So I want to write queer YA, young adult fiction. Work. And awesome. I'm really <laughs> work. Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I read it all. I've read it. I read yes, it. So. Yes, of course. I feel like there's not enough of that out there. And I, there isn't. one of my writing professors, like, really hit me with this question junior year of college. And she was like, if you were 13 or 12, like, what would you want to read? And you need to write that book. And I thought I really loved that question because I was like, you know what? I would want to read a fantasy, woman love woman, like badass with just all these different things I want to incorporate that's just not out there and there's just not that representation. And so I need to go out there and do this thing, even if it's scary. Like I need to go out and fulfill this need for the younger people like me. And sure. so I want to do that. I I I like writing for political stuff too like I'm, I'm very interested in that the ideological space but I also find that with politics it's a lot maybe not easier but it's a lot more connected to be on the ground with people like having conversations than in your room <laughs> typing yeah. away you know um but my focus yeah. is really weaved in with queerness because I just find that the experience, and I do think it's an experience of being queer when you're young, opens up so many doors for self-actualization and and just profound understanding that I'm not going to say that other people who aren't queer don't have access to, but I feel like it's <laughs> definitely a big push off the cliff. Yeah. And having that push off the cliff gives you a window to be like, okay, so I'm not in 
I'm not in the normal box and I can see the people who are in the normal box and have that kind of loose sense of safety, but I'm not in that. So where am I? And then you start to look around you're like, oh, okay, I'm in this other place and, and deciding what that place is. A better place, let's be yeah. <laughs> But anyways. As you uh, learn, as you learn. <laughs> as you do learn. Uh, so when did you come out? So funny story, I don't think I ever came out. I just sort of happened. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I just started telling people when they asked me. Um, that wasn't true for high school. I came out first, I guess, to my sister sophomore year of high school. And I don't want her to hear this, but I regret that decision because <laughs> she was for that time period, a little bit biphobic and I identify as bisexual. So it was just not the right person to tell the first time. That being said, you know, she accepted me. She said that, but I, now in retrospect, I'm like, the acceptance doesn't sit right with me because now as like a budded queer person, I'm like, well, why, why do I need to be accepted by anybody? Why do, why do other people need to tell me who I am and invalidate that? Like, what, why is that a thing? Oh, we're conditioned. Um, I mean, we're just conditioned to thinking yeah, that's what, yeah. well, think about it. We have teachers, we have parents, if you have parents or any type of parent that's a parent to you and yeah. they make all that shit up. I mean, it's all made up, it's all made up. Like, yeah. we just, we don't need it, but we think we do because we have to be validated, quote unquote validated uh, for, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's just the way it's been, conditioned and brought to us in this this specific world i wonder how it is on the other earths and other worlds that are out there because i know i often I think about that i know it's so crazy but it, it they exist they for sure exist like yes. there's other things there's other places of course. i'm actually super into that because i oh i am too with my tarot stuff i do like past life work for people and it's just interesting because with my story like i I can remember specifically one past life and I can remember the dynamics of queerness there. And they're so different from humanity's very simplistic box check attitude. Um, and I like thinking about that with people because I think queer people, even though we're in this umbrella, we all have different ideas of what that looks like for us. And I think for, for a lot, maybe this is projecting, but for most childhoods that I've interacted, people's childhoods that I've interacted, like everyone has their own way of being in that solid, solitary space and creating their own definition of queerness before interacting with other queer people. Yeah. And so it's super interesting to see or to hear from other people how they define what queerness is, is to them because it, it, it's always a different, it's always different mm -hmm. across people and i think it's matter and it's different in different cultures yeah. like i i do work in india and i've uh i have friends all over the world and they're living in their queerness they're living in their gayness lesbian bisexual trans pan all those things but it's still different culturally too like it still yeah. comes across differently for people um and like some people are way more op open and like like we were just in iceland my husband and one of my best friends and we were for a week vacationing and it's it's super welcoming there. They actually got rid of uh, making homosexuality a lot uh, in 1943. Wow. So way before Stonewall. And yeah. uh, make, and so then, then like, 
I go to a bar there and I'm like, I was like, is this a gay bar? Because it's like rainbow flags everywhere. He's like, no, <laughs> this isn't a gay bar, but doesn't really matter. This isn't the 1990s. Yeah. And I was like, that's so funny. But like, there's still so much struggle. It's still struggle though. Like, it might not be the 1990s, but think what's going on right now with trans, the trans community. And like, um, it might not be the 1990s. And Iceland also only has like 300,000, 380,000 people, um, not millions like we do in America or over us. So, uh, but he was like, it's not 1990s. I was like, I know you say that, but like, <laughs> there still need to be safe spaces for people because it's yeah. it's really important. So there's like one gay bar in Reykjavik, uh, Kiki Bar. It's the only gay bar in all the country. Uh, but their pride is like out of this world, I guess. And like everybody in the whole entire yeah. city comes and enjoys it. Uh, so it's, yeah, like it's different everywhere. Okay. You're writing. What's your writing? Why do you, why did you choose a different writing name? Why did I choose a different writing name? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I, well, okay. I, love my family but i don't feel like that name encompasses my spirit and my wholeness and so gold has always been a really important color to me and so i was like you know what <laughs> it has the g it's the same g gets gold let's go with that let's do it um and let's find a bit more depth there and i also feel like i operate well when I'm a bit hidden. Like I like being in a different all ultra ego or different things. I feel like, especially with drag or with other elements. I was gonna say, and uh, AKA your yeah. drag persona. <laughs> yes, INS, yes. Um, I feel like with both writing and drag, it's nice to, I guess it, it's maybe a, a psychological thing. But I feel like sometimes when you wear a persona or when you have a bit of a mask on, you can reveal more parts of yourself Oh, sure. That fear of what your name means or what that makes you. And I think my name, Ashley Getz, is very much tied to my life at home where, you know, the community is very tight knit and gossipy. And I just, I didn't, I don't feel like that's fully me. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my name or I'm going to change my name, but I feel like writing under a pen name in being in drag is very, it makes things more intimate with, while having that distance, if that makes sense, which- Oh which yeah, I no, I mean, it, it completely, I mean, a lot of the reasons why like artists are doing what they do is because of their insecurities that are so strong. Yeah. Yet their vulnerability is a lot stronger than most people because they're the ones that are actually gonna do put out the work there more. They're actually gonna be the ones to get, uh, I, I'm a dancer, an actor, Beautiful. so they're the that's the only group of people that are going to go do their job in the world in the whole entire world anyone that's on stage is, and and it uh it's so live and raw and literally anything can happen and it does you know and they're the only ones that can experience that on stage right. like no one else can experience that comedians can experience that but it's like it's just you you know like right when you're a comedian i can only imagine that because that's literally <laughs> just you however you could still yeah. mess up and re-reference your notes but like when right. you're doing a musical or a play and say you have to cry eight times a week if you're doing eight shows a week, you know, that's just like, that's like a lot. Like it's, it's the only job that is ever going to do that. And then in, in writing, it's the same, like, I'm sure it's the same like feeling. You're like, I'm, you're going to put it all on paper. It's going to be in print. It's going to go out there and it's going to be there forever. Right. 
unless someone finds a way to like burn it down, but they're not going to <laughs> never stopped anyone. Right. And I think it's a business of the heart and I think it's a business of <laughs> That's true. You know, just your soul. And so I don't want to mock anybody who doesn't have those sort of roles, but I think just like in being queer, you're already, you're already submitting yourself to a bit of torture because well, if you see it that way, but you're already submitting yourself to that vulnerability that can feel yeah, yeah, absolutely. paralyzing, but it also allows you to emerge in a way that I don't think few other professions or few other experiences, whether or not you do writing or whether or not you do drag or whatever, uh, acting, dancing, the arts professionally, I think, yeah. yeah, the arts professionally, I think it's, it's still, it's just the moment. Like, I don't know what else to say. No, it's it like, if you know that's that's your path, you kind of just have to bite the bullet because you, yeah, you're always I mean, gonna be wanting to do that. And, gonna... and only experience it through that way. Like there's no, whether right. whether you do it different ways, there's a hundred different ways to do it, of course. Like I don't perform as much on stage, but I can't stop. Like I created this podcast, you know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. stop not creating. Like I have a really cool website, like I have to, yeah. constantly make an impact the one thing i need to do though is i wanted to have more of an impact like, i wanted to make sure i could reach more people yeah. with a purpose like because yeah. that's that's not what i was speci i was specifically getting in the business i got really bored it was like i don't care about dancing in the freaking show and and just singing it didn't do anything <laughs> for me it just didn't it was boring it just was dull it didn't push anything it didn't push boundaries and i like i love doing it i want to like push more i wanted to get yeah. into discussions i want to figure out why the human brain is so fucked up sometimes, you know, like <laughs> I'm just so curious about it. Cause it's but like, said, yeah, it, but yeah. it's just so fascinating. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it's just so I, fascinating. Yeah. I live for conversations like this though, too, because I, I think that at the end of the day, we all just want to be understood for who we are and what we're doing, even if it feels scary. And yeah, of course, I think that that's like one of the most important places to be energetically because mm -hmm. That's what everybody wants to feel like you don't have to. I don't know. I think there's a there's a lot of respect that goes into taking the time to ask deeper questions and to ask to get to the bottom of things, as you said, and to understand what this experience is while you're in it um, of being human, of being queer, of being who you are. And. Yeah, I feel like for me. I, and I don't know about you, but like <laughs> that definition strange definitely came before queer for me as like an identifier. I always felt strange, but I didn't know that that meant being queer, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a common way to be raised or to kind of view the world, but I think that they go hand in hand in the fact that <laughs> you feel you feel something and you don't know what it is and then later on you get the language to kind of understand what that what that means for you specifically even well, yeah. beyond sexuality yeah more no, it's much deeper than that you know it's for it goes it goes beyond that that's why i get really mad when people are just so stuck on sex and the thing and the gays yeah. and homosexuals i'm like it is like beyond that like you don't you're so constricted to one little minute idea of what something should exist as right. that you can't even see how grand and great humans are because yeah. you're so caught up in 
one idea, like what's going on in America with the, the, the uproar of racism. Always there, always has been. White people are horrible. White people are racist. It's just there. That's just what it is. Now people are like, what? And you're like going crazy. And like, I'm like, just because you seem like it was maybe moved in the 50s and 60s and like civil rights went, that doesn't mean shit. I was like, there is, uh, no, it just doesn't. (laughs) And we're all guilty of it. I I am completely 100% guilty of it. You know, I, you know, I always tell the story and I'll tell the story because I, I, I was that person that was like, if you live in America, you should know English and that's it. I was that person. I was, that's what I was raised to believe. That's what I learned. And if you're going to come here, you have to learn the language and that's it. Period. And so I was so stuck in something like that. And there were many other things in life, but then I eventually got out of that and I had to unlearn things. And that's right. it. I'm not afraid to admit that. Cause it's like, there's no guilt in that. I just, right. it's your programming. It's programming and it's yeah. a horrible programming and that's it. Well, so anyways yeah no i think that that's really important and i think that we all have to put in that work and i i don't know if people are ready i don't know if like the let me put air quotes here like straight worlds is always ready for that and that that goes beyond sex like that that's more of a conditionality that i think a lot of political ideas are in are weaved in there too of just this like very conditional safe existence and i i've always i've always talked to people that i i really think that homophobia and like any sort of phobia goes beyond what the fear of the thing is i think it goes into personality and i'm not it's not a that they're absolved of what they're doing i think but i think that it's it's like they're resistant to change they're resistant to new ideas they're resistant to anything that pops their bubble of safety and what they've what they've shallowly built on top of their personality. And I think that may be a read, but. <laughs> well, no, it, I mean, it's not a read, it's a, it's, it's, it's a truth. It's like, we're all like, <laughs> we're all a part of that. That's all a part of the way we exist, especially because we're, we're, we are two white people having a conversation right now. For granted, you are, a, uh, you are, you've identified as female, but I, but it's still, we're still white. Like it doesn't, I don't know. Like right. I, I just, it, it, that's, that's just what that is. That's how that exists inside of that because yeah. we created that. Someone created that and we're like, that's what, that's how we're going to separate people because we don't like that group of people. So we're going to make them disgusting. Black right. and brown people, people not from this country. No one's from this fucking country uh, yeah. besides indigenous people. And they came down and took, and was 70, like, you know, 72 million of tribes and people were existing here. And we narrowed it down to about 1.2 million. So it's like, that is a, like, I don't know. This is like no real argument. I'm not going to go through history. It's a fact. Yeah. Uh, let's look it off this deep conversation. Yeah. Jeez, no. Um, let's talk about drag because I love drag. Yeah. Uh, where did the lioness <laughs> come from? I saw your kitty got well, whipped. Yes, I. So I'm. I'm. Kitty got clouds over there. I'm definitely budding, but um, I've been interested in the scene for a couple of years and kind of building my repertoire, and I I feel a little like. Sorry, sorry, side note. I love that segue. We went from world ending basically to kitty lioness. Anyways, that's how I roll on this podcast. We keep it light. We keep it yeah. light. We keep it fruity. Um, right, talk about your lioness. Here we go. But I think as like a, a person who has been born cis, but like is in the 
process of always questioning gender because of my experience of being queer. I think it's interesting to kind of be open to entering the drag scene and knowing what the history of that is and kind of the history of like who has taken up that space before and why there is this term like bio queen or this these these terms that come with somebody who was born female and wants to do drag i think you can't um, say bio queen anymore right you have to say um yeah well i don't necessarily know if like i don't either people should just tell you what they are right I, that, that's I how i see that's it how it works and i think that there's enough space for everybody and i think that I, I think if you don't want women to participate in performing femininity, or if somebody, if anybody wants to participate in performing whatever gender expression they want to perform, like, I don't know what your, where your head's at. I don't know where um, your head's at because um, it's all a performance and it's just how far you want to take it. Right. So, and I personally see it as, you know, this lioness character is part of me, but it's an exaggeration. And it's, <laughs> it's where I can, I can funnel all this like crazy, energy that I wouldn't want to have exposed in my quote unquote normal life. You know what have I mean? Have you performed so, at a club or a bar? I have only once. I'm budding, as I said, All but right. I have a lot of ideas and I'm excited to start and kind of get into the New York scene because I haven't done that yet, even though I've been at NYU for four years. It's kind of a little baby. Um, but is she yeah. nasty? What is she? What is she? What, what is who's who is the lioness? Is she? Well, for, I'm just gonna go off the one thing. That, well, because you didn't accept me on uh, your oh, lioness page, uh, but <laughs> I have the one kitty, the whip, and uh, is is she a, dom a dominatrix? What is she like? She like? Well, the... <laughs> I would definitely say she's more dominance. Um, oh, I love I, dominance. That's great. Yes. I think that the the. The exciting part about it for me is to mix both this, this aggressive energy that I think is only tied in our waking life to masculine energy, which I have no idea why um, that is, but to mix that with exaggerated femininity to me feels really right because I see myself as a very aggressive, maybe not aggressive, maybe that's not the right word, very powerful feminine presence. And so to kind of take that to the next level and to claw people, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? To really like dig into their skin and push push boundaries in that way seems really exciting to me. Like, it is exciting. It, it, it is. <laughs> and uh, listen, there is like, there are things that start to pop. Like I, I'm going through this whole like, um, uh, really exploring sexual sexualness. Uh, yeah. Get into um, and, it. Yeah, and like just, just <laughs> being spoken to in a certain way kind of like gets me really excited and by the way we can talk about anything on this podcast it's not like a pg <laughs> yeah. rated g podcast so um yeah but i just think that's really important and i think it's really actually i actually think it's very important for youth to really have the opportunity yeah. to understand that that's okay not right. be shamed about it like we're very shamed you know i was just watching oh i was, I was watching dexter we're watching the show dexter and first of all, the language in that is so interesting. There's like hookers that they call them um, like trainee boys or boy boy girls or something like that. And I was like, oh God, that's just like, cause it was like 2003 or 2004. And I was like, ooh. And then they also 
they shame prostitution, sex work, like in such a hard way on a lot of these cop shows. Like, well, it's illegal. You're going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail for like five years if you do this and this and that. I'm like, it's so interesting because like, I think sex work is fantastic. And like, uh, in a safe and 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 uh, an environment that everyone is doing working together, not the like you know pimp daddy like just beating people and drugs yeah. and all that stuff. I don't think that's safe yeah. for anybody, but um, sometimes that's the case, you know. And uh, but I think sex work is a beautiful thing, and I think it's just a it's a power for people. I love the idea yes. of that's why I was so attracted to the cat, the kitty, because. I was like, oh, she's into that. Like, yeah. all that. But, yeah, well, I, I love that. I think it's such, it's powerful for me. I it is so. powerful. And I think that we all use and, dare I say, sell our bodies like, every day for different Every things. day. It's all the Labor. same. I don't, I mean, once you can get into that framework, I think you can understand that, that sex is a sacred thing, but it's something that can be use for power and so why why not for the people who are safe and willing to do that you know and i think that we i mean i think for the female experience like growing up female it's very interesting female and queer because i think the female narrative or to be a woman narrative is you're always trying to shrink and Mm -hmm. But I feel the opposite way about being queer. It's it's like I want to take up more space. Tons. Why, get there, why why can't we have this kind of expansion? I was talking to my friend the other day about this and just how different people, depending on their body or their upbringing, how queerness fits with them and and what that means for them, whether they want to expand, whether they want to contract. Like it's just very interesting how we. I'm always interested especially with drag, because you're really, you're using your body, but you're also using it in such a specific way where you're taking up space in a very pronounced way. And I don't think we have enough spaces for that. And I don't, like, everyone's playing their own character all the time. All the time. It's just that we decide to do it on a stage in a specific way that it, <laughs> and get paid yeah. for it if you are doing that. Like, I yeah, think Yeah, you get lots really of money for it if you're doing it right. Yeah, and, or doing yeah. it in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, there, we train people, you know, we, we train people all around us, our friends, our family, to show up how we want them to see us, right? And, and actually, it's a powerful concept if you really grab it, if you can really understand that. Like, and everyone always says when I say that, then they're like, oh, I get that. I'm like, no, but do you really understand, do you understand, like, how you've trained people to see you? Like, that's just what we do. It's just innate. Like, it's just it's right. a survival method. We have strong suits that carry us that right. are great. Also could be very damaging because however mm-hmm. your life was do, however your life was playing out for you at the time or whatever the circumstance was. Um, but like drag and stuff like that, that really does, like I, I used to host a burlesque show and I was the host of Lola and I love it. Like I love being, I like that. Like I was like, this is great. Cause like you have control over it, you know? And like, I, although the producing part now was like, was trying to control it. And I was like, no, I was like, I just want to like talk and like make people feel sexual. Yeah. And I want them to like desire to want to yes. be in the room. Like, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I just want that to be like mm-hmm. powerful like that. It's just, People are so scared of it because we're taught so many right. horrible things about it. Like it's bad. And I'm like, what's so bad about it? Yeah. Nothing and, bad about it. And there's nothing bad about it. And to to be in that desire is so powerful. 
it's just so powerful because you're taking up space and you're deciding what that space should be. I think as children, we are taught that, you know, things are supposed to, not to come to us. They're not supposed to come to us, but like we're supposed to be reactionary. Yeah. And I think once you get to that point where you start to realize, okay, um, no one's coming to rescue me from this bullshit. <laughs> so I need to make my own game plan. I need to, to figure out what I'm going to do. I need to figure out what I'm going to act on and who I'm going to be because that way you can be your own hero, first of all. But secondly, I think you begin to open up that door with all that energy. Like there's so much energy that we're taught to repress, especially sexually in America. Like, I don't know what it is about America's culture. Like it is. <laughs> it was the damn people that came here. It was the people that came here. Yeah. You know, the yeah. ironic part about all those people coming here and, and colonizing, colonizing and killing everybody is that they wanted to get away from the thing they weren't comfortable with. But at the same time, they actually, they were pretty psycho because they, I'm not saying the church was great back then. It's not great now, but I'm saying they came yeah. here with an idea and then they destroyed an idea that they weren't comfortable with, but they were also being kept back with the idea that they weren't comfortable with. And so they came here and did the same thing. And that's how a country started. Mm -hmm. And it repressed so many subcultures and whatever. And then obviously everything else, slavery, concentration camps, conform, conforming people, like yeah. it's, it turned into a cult. That's what yeah. it is. And a bad, 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 bad cult. And um, so we're so repressed. But if you go anywhere, I mean, not that other countries weren't, but there's like, I've been to Berlin and oh, it's like a sexual revolution over there. Yeah. They oh. are like, oh, it is just amazing there. And we mm -hmm. do things here. Like actually in San Francisco, they have <laughs> Folsom. Yeah. They have Folsom and yeah. everybody has sex in the street there. And it's like, but we're so conditioned to like, it is funny though. I think about, I don't know I think about it. We only have like an event, whereas a lot of places like it's just constant. Right, right. But Folsom is pretty hard. I didn't know actually about Folsom. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> look it up, everybody. I'm not talking about that. So uh, anyway, I think I think whether invertly or overtly, sex is going to be part of a society and it's going to situate certain power dynamics and it's going to do things behind the scenes or, you know, overtly. And I, I hope that in American culture, we can move towards, I, I think that people think we're moving towards an open place with it, but mm. not in everywhere. And I wouldn't say it's a true openness. Um, no. There's there's a lot there. And I I think that America- can't even handle pot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, it's bad. It's gonna ruin everyone's lives. I was like, no, we made that systematically bad. We created it to be the worst thing ever. That's why people yeah. went to jail, you know? No, totally. All right, and, keep going. Yeah. One more, one more thought on that, and then we're gonna move on. I I think that, like, if you think about it as America's intergenerational trauma, <laughs> we yeah. need we need some serious therapy, and we need a lot of it. You know, tons. <laughs> and that's tons. not just individual; that's a collective journey. And I don't think, like, I don't think I'm the one or you're the. You know, what I mean, we're not leading that conversation, but I think no. that it's something to say that that conversation those conversations need to be had asap for <laughs> i mean that's you it know? yeah that's it so all right now switching gears your tarot card oh i also requested it and you did not accept it. you need to accept me until i'm sorry i will i will i'm, no, I'm kidding 
kind of. Uh, Taro, what tapped you into all that? Um, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> you gotta tap on the cards, no? But um, I literally, literally. Always, <laughs> literally, yeah. I didn't do that on I, purpose, but yes, yes. So. <laughs> I've um, been a very spiritual person for a long time, but I started doing tarot in high school, and I would oh, do cool. it for my friends and my soccer team and lacrosse team. I would do it for those girls, and it sort of people were so like amazed. And then there was this one time where. I did a, like a palm reading for my dad and I found out that I found out some very sensitive information, which basically he, his, um, I found out through that, that his grandmother had had, or his mother had had, um, a son that had died mm. right, right after my dad. And, and I, I found out that he had a, like, basically like a protector his whole life through those lines and it was just so interesting because he started bawling being like i've never you know we've never told anybody about that and it was just a very it was a really sad moment to be honest because sure. i couldn't under i never had known that history but it was also a very affirming motion moment because i was like wow you know intuition is a gift that we train that we create and it's just how far you want to go with it i think that everybody has has some sort of connection and it doesn't matter what they want to name it or what sort of philosophy they want to put it under. But I think, you know, feelings, intuition, that connection is real. No matter if you want to say it's just science or whatever you want to say, it's valid. And so I think for me, I like helping people with that, just open themselves up to the fact that there is more and the power of believing in that more, no matter what you believe that is, is very comforting for a lot of people. And I think especially for my queerness, I see, and for drag specifically, but I see like the expansion of gender is very spiritual in that you can understand what's going on on the ground, but there is millions of miles in beyond that in these realms and in your experience across lifetimes and and it, all of that. So just tapping in, tapping into that, it's really interesting to kind of just soak it all in and be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm more than just my little human persona. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am a lot more than that. And I can always have access to that, even though I know I need to be fully alive in this self and experiencing what I want to experience here on earth. So that's it. I mean, you all, I mean, that's it. Like you're, I saw some people, I'm like, here's the thing. That's it. We only have this. Like you either experience it to its full potential or like a lot of people do, and this is no shade to anyone, but most people just get set on structure and idea, one idea and they stay there. And then you have all this same old stories that are always written a hundred times over about midlife crisis, which is totally made up uh, or cheating on your person which is totally also made up like you're just doing these things because of the things that are, have not been met in your life aren't you 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 are sort of tapping into at that moment so you don't know how exactly how to deal with it so you deal with it in, in the ways of most people and whatever that is in, in the circumstance so you get tired or bored or, you're de or, or depressed i'm not saying depression isn't a real thing i'm just saying you get depressed like you become depressed because um you are unhappy with your life 
because you don't feel like you can do anything and you're stuck. And some people will always be that way. And then others, Mm -hmm. even in the worst situations, will get out of that. Some people in the best situations will become, will fall into a worse situation. So whenever ne- there's never this like, until you can literally just yeah. keep pushing it away and work through it and find it. Like, right. I think, you know, tarot is amazing to me. And like, um, have you know, gotten it read? <laughs> what'd you say? Have you gotten your tarot cards read ever? 101 times. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm obsessed. Uh, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> And because I'm just open for that, I'm open to that. I am open to the idea it exists. Like I, it does exist because we're just energy. That's all we are. That's all we are. Yeah. That's it. Nothing matters. Yeah. We made it all up. This is all fucking made up. So <laughs> yes. And people want to take it down, which is interesting right. because I'm like, it's so cool here. I mean, I was just in Iceland. I was like, if people could just go there and experience Iceland, I'm telling you like, yeah, it's like Mars. It's like, what? Like, is it green? Like, is the thing where Greenland's ice and 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 yeah, it is. It is. Well, there's it's there's like snow-capped mountains, it's very yeah. rocky because it's all lava, it's all uh, volcano, yeah. Um, but it's all green moss. That, oh yeah, geothermal. It's beautiful. I mean, it is so cool. Like, they don't pay for their electricity or water there because it's all geothermal. Wow. Um, that is so cool. It is unbelievable. It's, really cool. it's an unbelievable place. We did everything we could possibly could do in a week. Um, yeah, it's just. And one of the most expensive places ever, but uh, yeah. but you see why, you know, yeah. and like hanging out and uh, but but they got to experience that. I don't like you got to experience the next town over or the next state over. Like you just got to go out of something to then come back to and be like, this is what I experienced. And then the person might be like, I'm totally inspired. I'm gonna go experience that. And it's like this right. game you got to keep playing. But unfortunately, people just. <laughs> Fortunately, and unfor- I don't know, like, it's like a weird comfort thing. And no, I, what you said in the beginning of just the fact that you're the kind of person that you want to push boundaries, you know, and I think it's so much that fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think it takes a certain level of security in yourself first, sure. because you have to build that up in order to like dip your toe in. But then you're like, oh, uh, I'm going to get addicted to this, to like seeing the new parts of me as I take in new stimuli. It's like, oh, wow, I never thought I could be this. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, you're nowhere. You're doing, you're doing something completely different with your life. And completely, that's really exciting. And I think that, I don't know, when I was, when I was way younger, I, it's just crazy how you think you know who you are and what you represent and what you want to do. And then life comes around and it's like, nah, you don't, <laughs> you got to keep learning. You got to keep learning. That's all you, you can keep- do. And, and you got to learn out of a book. Like you can't just be in a book, you know, I know you're a writer and all, but, uh, <laughs> but you have to actually, even, even, uh, even in that experience, you'd be like, Oh, that actually mm-hmm. reminds me of so-and-so I should probably go talk to them or, oh, I've actually always wanted to go there. I should probably find a way to go there. Not just like sit and chill, like, oh, right. it's fine, it'll come. And like, I think every experience is an experience. Like people put themselves down a lot too, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, well, I'm just, I, everyone always starts with, I'm like, how are you doing? And they tell me what they're doing for work. And I'm like, no, I'm asking you, how are <laughs> you doing? I'm not asking you about your yeah. job. I don't care yeah. about that. Um, sorry if you heard that, that's my mother. Uh, <laughs> Hi, mom. She knows. Uh, anyways, uh, I think you're an amazing. How do we even get connected? I someone connected us. Katrina, Michelle. 
Oh, yeah, it's so funny. I think I've known Katrina for years. I, yeah. she, I, I'm a, talk about a powerful being and, yes. uh, and, and, and exists, yeah, and existing in this yeah. world as a, as a, yeah. And I've seen them, you know, we haven't known, we've known each other for years. We've gone, we've had some experiences together, really good experiences. Um, but I love that. Like we met, I think, I don't even know when we met, but it was through church. Well, they were a church that doesn't exist anymore, but. Uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> that uh that's so cool i just love that connection yeah that's it's so cool. cool she she put it and she was like you should do this and i said you know what i should i should <laughs> put yourself out there who cares everyone in the world will hear this um yeah. it's great uh all right so like two more things one i always ask my guests some words of wisdom what would what kind of words of wisdom would you give my queer youth listeners and to anyone that listens to this and anywhere in the world Wow, that's a big responsibility, but <laughs> I'll try my best. I would say to them that you are perfect. And I I would I want to be right there in between you and the person that will ever tell you that you're wrong or weird or odd, other than what you want to be. And I would say my biggest advice is to <laughs> avoid situationships and protect yourself to the point that you do what your spirit is calling you to do rather than what anybody else wants you to do. And if you can stay true to that, then you're golden, baby. You got to just stick to that. And if anybody tells them you, otherwise you send them to me. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm like, we can have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I will knock them down yeah. on their ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> you can find me on the streets of New York, but my Instagram handle for my writing is Ashley Gold's Writes. And from there, you can see my writing and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really. Thanks I really for being had here on the Quarantine <laughs> Podcast. Yes. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're awesome. <laughs> this was fun. I know. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much ashley you're awesome of course go find ashley on the interwebs on the instagrams and of course visit my website at queeruniverse.org and some exciting news my comic book comes out this spring it will premiere at thy geekdom con at the end of may so better beware the aliens are landing their spaceship on this planet we call Earth. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.